TTB Music Podcast Preparation. Yeah. Good luck preparation for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the old days, we just got kind of rocked up and just did did it. It's like yes, get out of It's wonderful. I've actually had to head back in my house again, back in the studio. I know, I know, but that's what I mean. It's just like the old days. Yeah. We're actually back in the studio. Two after, microphones after, feedback. Well, I say over a year, you reckon less, but you know. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's better together. Anyway, here we are. Yeah, uh, podcast three, and for a change, uh, the reason this podcast has taken longer to do is because of me. Yeah, it's usually me and my lame excuses. Yes, it's just me going, uh, oh shit, it's going, stuff's going on, you can't, yeah, no. Life, 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 yeah, no. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so it's podcast three, yeah. uh, and this podcast we have uh, albums from Demi Lovato, called uh, Dancing with the Devil, The Armed Ultra Pop, AJ Tracy, uh, God, what's the AJ Tracy album called? Oh, I mean, you Flo, just told me. I, I got flows, put my notes oh, down. Oh, shit. <laughs> you said, "Have you got your notes?" I was like, "Flu game, flu game." Sorry, you know, yeah. like you know, the pandemic. Uh, Jane Weaver, Flock, Julian Baker, Little Oblivions, and Floating Points, Pharaoh Sanders, and the London Symphony Orchestra, Promises. Um, so, as you can tell by that, if you're familiar with any of these people. Quite a mixed bag musically. <laughs> um, so we'll start with uh, something I can definitely say is certainly pop. And uh, Demi Lovato, the seventh album apparently by Demi Lovato, um, called Dancing with the Devil. And it's also a companion piece to to a uh, documentary. Well, I think she's done several documentaries about her life, but this, this is the third <laughs> one on YouTube. Yes. And deals with... The fact that obviously she had a drug overdose a few years ago and then let's come back and yeah. Anyway, it's a pop album, Pete. Is it a good pop album? Is it a bad pop album? Is it a eh, pop album? It's funny because you mentioned, you mentioned, um, um, you know, the documentary um, and uh, my original notes, I had to go back and do this album again because we did it a, few, a while ago. Yeah. And I went back and did it again because I put I put a clear documentary of their troubles, and um, and I didn't even know there was a documentary. <laughs> now I was oblivious, absolutely See, seriously, really good, yeah. seriously oblivious to the fact that this was the soundtrack to a to a accompanying documentary on YouTube. But, but in a, in a way, that already means that the album has worked quite well. Then, really, at, at least on that level, if nothing on else. On that level, if nothing else. And I'll also be absolutely honest. I'll say this up front. My first review of this album, I actually went back and scrapped because because my first review of this album was not very positive at all, um, and uh, maybe it was a bad week for uh, Peter Towers. Um, but uh, you know, I went back and, and and obviously did this one a couple of times. Again, back into the rule of three, really. You know, you, it is. It, yeah, it, it, it genuine, genuine does work. It does work. It does I work. The first time I listened to it, this I slated it, but actually I've come back and I've sort of rethink. Um, I still think as an album, um, it's it, it's very honest, um, but and, and very sincere. Oh, is it sincere? Very sincere, but kind of washed over me. And I still think it's too long. 
I do think it is too long as an album, particularly a pop album. Uh, pop albums, I appreciate now that it is the soundtrack to a accompanying series on YouTube, but um, it still feels a little too long to me. Yeah, um, because the thing we think where the if if you compare it to kind of um, pop albums that we've liked recently, so so. Because the other thing in Julie and Sigrid, but both albums that have yeah. come in under under yeah. forty five minutes. Exactly. Yeah, and and it convey as much if not more. Um, I was mostly indifferent to the pop, as well. Um, and and as excited as I am to be back here, live on location, in real life with you, um, I'm a bit grumpy about about some of the music tonight. That's a spoiler. Uh, tune in, stay stay listening to uh, to what else I might say, um, but a little indifferent to the pop music. Um, though I thought the lyrics actually, when I went back and had that second and third listen, were you know very revealing, um, and obviously quite quite honest in terms of some of the mental anguish that clearly she's been through. Yes, and some of the addictions that she has. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, they have battled because uh, obviously pronouns um and actually didn't mind someone's been reading up someone has been doing his research only this week um um actually didn't mind at all um anyone which i think is the opening track yes written um you know so close around one of her more recent sorry <laughs> more recent breakdowns yeah no absolutely and, uh, and uh, i think for me, for you, I'm going to put in, put in here and, and do a crossover thing rather than just separate things. But yeah, I think for me that was when I first, because the opening track, anyone's the opening track, and when I fir first, the first time I played that, I kind of thought, Christ, this is over singing and kind of like painful over singing. Type, type, type. Yeah. And it's about, about you know, the lyrics are like, you know, you know, um, Anyone, I need anyone. No one's listening to me. Nobody's listening. Kind of, kind of thing. Again, kind of thinking, wow, Jesus, that's a bit, bit, bit much. And then, as you say, you, you then kind of read around it and go, oh yes, she recorded this about five days before she tried to top herself. Mm. And you're thinking, okay, mm. suddenly that makes a lot of sense. And, and actually, you can you can genuinely yeah. feel yeah. the emotion and the pain yeah. in her vocal, and that's why the vocal is strained and as kind of stretched as it is because no that's real yeah the last thing we could have heard yeah um so you know and the pop and the production of that is very charged as well um and there are a couple of other tracks on the album the art of starting over yes which you know sort of leans into the the title of the album not so much the documentary and um lonely people as well had quite a sort of bounce along rhythm to it as well which was good I, i'll be absolutely honest though even after a second or third listen, I'm kind of indifferent to the rest. Yeah. And I especially don't like the cover of Mad World. I, I don't dislike <laughs> the cover of Mad World, but there have already been too many covers of Mad World. There's so many covers of Mad But then again, that's like saying you don't like covers of Yesterday in a way, I suppose. Oh, you know, I suppose. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing, thing, you know, if some, lots of people are covering it, it means it's a good, good song. Mm. But, but I kind of, I kind of, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm. Blind song, but. I'm kind of agreeing with you. It's, it's, it's that that I mean, I don't because of what's around it. I, don't, I generally don't think there's any more. The opening track 
Anyone is by far the most powerful track on the album simply because you genuinely, when you put it in context, you genuinely can feel the raw emotion and the trauma that this person is going through. Which, and, and what I do like about this record is the fact that the first three tracks are all about that kind of breakdown and the uh, attempted suicide bit. And then the fourth track is called Intro. Yes. Which then goes into the, then and now I've, the, I've come out the other side yeah. Kind, yeah. Of, kind, kind of thing. Uh, and I, I did quite like the way that, that was done. I thought it was quite uh, uh, quite a clever way of doing it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I quite like the, the, the title track, which has a big slice of kind of Porter's head going on in it. Uh, yeah. I thought it was, was quite, quite, quite good. Um, and then it goes into, say, kind of goes into, then seriously goes poppy, uh, and very kind of laid back, kind of poppy, and it, it's, um, it's it's fine. It's quite, it's quite, I say, it's quite quite nice. It's nothing that's. It then goes into something you can imagine lots of other artists doing, whether it's Pink or yeah. other people. And it sounds it's it sounds a kind of bit generic, I suppose. Although what other people say, uh, which is the duet thing on the album, was uh, got played a lot on Radio Two, which, as we know in the south, the song gets played quite a lot. Uh, so I thought that's quite quite a good track. But yeah, it's 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 an okay pop record. Yeah, I, I concur. Yeah. So staying with pop, obviously, <coughs> uh, we move on to the Armed and Ultra Pop. <laughs> um, Frankly, I don't think there's a more misleading title no. you could possibly come up with, really. Oh, um, the statement you could have made in the introduction there. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is... Uh, uh, I'm not sure... I, I did write down which one. I think it's the third album from uh, this Detroit Music Collective. And it's... They're one of those bands who are very secretive about even who's in or who isn't in the band. Um, and they... They certainly produce stuff that's hard to ignore, it has to be said. Um, this is kind of a very punishing mix of uh, metalcore, white noise, punk, thrash, electro-pop. Um, um, sometimes, seemingly, all those things trying to compete all at once in various songs. Um, and what's really weird is it starts off... Uh, this, 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 I should explain, quite often when I pick albums for this... I pick the albums for what we review, and quite often I just like look for what's been well reviewed, without actually reading what records are about. And this one has been very well reviewed. And I thought, ah, oh, sounds interesting. And it starts off with something that the fact that that could be. I almost thought it was kind of Yaysayer esque, the opening, the opening track. It kind of goes along quite nicely, and then it goes off on one kind off of one. big styley. <laughs> Big, big, big styling, uh, and you then kind of ha- you then get a record that is a barrage of noise, uh, occasionally almost by accident, interrupted by um, almost catchy song appearances. So uh, 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 an iteration and bad selection. Um, it's better noise moments when it tries to do a bit kind of like act a bit like Sonic Youth. I quite liked it. So real folk blues. I quite liked as a song. Um, got a couple of guest performances on there. Mark, Mark Lanigan is on the music becomes a skull at the end. 
co-writing credit on that that fairly certain Karen O is on Big Shell and they've got a couple of the there are always bands that have guest artists just appearing whatever um, but it has to be said when I listened to this, I did listen I got past the three album three listens on this four listens um, <laughs> it is 38 minutes and it's 38 minutes that you end frankly exhausted um, it is quite a relentless assault on the ears um, yeah it's it's an album that I kind of admire the kind of bonkersness of but apart from a couple of tracks um, so the ones mentioned the blue the blues one uh, Riff Blues Bad Selection and the opening track didn't really really rock my boat I have to say there was a couple of tracks an iteration was one yes an iteration was one right. not bad either which I really enjoyed but to me this I mean it, 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 as you say it went on that sort of West sorry West Yeser-esque sort of line and, and then and then it turned into something else um, and you know the industrial the thrash screaming um, and as you as as long time listeners hello all two of you will know um, you know we're not averse to the thrash screaming and no, the sort of far from metal. it far from it in fact. far from yeah. it um, and and so what is there not to like but unfortunately I think this just lacks something in terms of how it all connects together um, you know but what it does make up for, I guess, is in terms of the production, the use of electronica, the use of sort of synth pop in there kind of makes it different. Um, ultra pop indeed. Uh, but definitely, you know... Has ultra pop is a genre. <laughs> it obviously has those pop elements, which is strange. Um, so it separates it from the usual sort of thrash stuff that we have listened to. But I, again, I found it a difficult album to sort of get into, even after a couple of listens, because... I just felt that I was I've been pulled in this direction, then I was being pulled in this direction. Um, so yeah, it was it was, a, it was an awkward one for me. This one. Yes, yeah, it's a different. I, it's, it's not that I don't dismiss. I just don't like it. Um, but I find it very difficult. Yeah, it was a difficult record. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and obviously there's nothing wrong with difficult records. It's like difficult. No. They're like all difficult. It's good. It's good. But and and clearly, judging by the reviews, it's got lots of people have have, have gotten past that. But yeah, it's. For, for me, it just uh, I've, I've had it hard to. I said this. It's I suppose it's a bit too disjointed. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. As an album. As an album. Rather than a. a um, so. Because this is obviously a genre hopping podcast. Uh, <laughs> Where we go next? Let's go to UK rap. I think people. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh, so we actually go through these in the order that I reviewed them. Oh, very rare. Well, <laughs> don't get too calm. I might mean, no. fuck with you soon. Yeah, so, so we're going to momentarily. We're going to get yeah. AJ Tracy and Flu Game. Okay. Um, yeah. So we've we've done. It's been a while since we've done UK rap. Actually, I think we did. I think yeah, last, it has. I think we did this, the first Stormzy album. I think that might be the last, last time we did God, UK, really? UK UK rap. Really? Because wow, last couple the last couple of rap things we've done have been have been uh, American. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yes. So obviously, brilliantly titled album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For a start, 
Um, I mean, this is a British rapper that's got American game. He, he's he's got. He, I feel a sense of steering away from. So the last few albums that we have reviewed, uh, not so much the sort of pure rap, but we've we've sort of gone into the sort of grime territory. We've gone into uh, the trap territory once or twice as well. Um, so I feel that this is feel pure. This is kind of back to more pure sort of. We almost say West Coast versus East Coast sort of style of. Well, it's, it's, it's more poppy, you know? yeah, exactly. and, and, but, but that's that's not that's not a disingenuous kind of yeah. slagging off kind of thing. But it, it is, it is. It's it's, it's a more commercial. It's more sound. commercial, definitely. But it's a British artist, which is great, and it's a London artist as well, which is also great. Um, so a positive album about dealing with um, insurmountable challenges the pandemic might come into this somewhere <laughs> i feel like we've stumbled on and i think that we're going to see more of this I and mean, we touched on this we touched on this uh, a sort of christmas time last year the sort of the concept of the lockdown album yeah and there were a few floating around at that point so albums that had been recorded in lockdown but actually i think this is one of the first where we're sort of seeing albums that are recorded about lockdown and the the year we've been through and i think we're just going to get to yeah, see so much great. creativity around this um, yeah, lockdown his pants at one point, apparently. Yeah, well, <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, it skates around several sort of subgenres within there. There's musical styles, and which obviously always keeps things interesting from a production point of view, particularly um, on and rap, um, you know, hearing different use of electronic sounds and so on. So I like that. I liked all of that. That's all good. That's all good. Um, in terms of the tracks, um, my favourites. Uh, uh, bringing it back, obviously political. There's there's lyrics in there. It sort of brings together. Boris actually gets a mention. Marcus Rashford gets a mention. Marcus Rashford does get a mention. Does yes. get a mention as well. So obviously very current. It sort of pulls some very relevant stuff there together. But also Eurostep, um, number nine, West Ten. We were we were trying to remember the postcode. The pop it, yes. Yeah, the, yeah. the pop it with yeah, the it's, it's West Ten. Yes, yeah. So and that's that's all great. So overall. Um, I'm struggling as I have so far with the three albums. So far, this is the first one I sort of thought, yeah, okay, we're good, we're good. <laughs> we can, we can do this. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think you know, to use our uh, standard cliche, it's I, it is a very, it is a very, very solid, solid album. Yeah. It is genuinely about, but clearly an artist that, that has talent, clean art that ha has uh, an eye on. Um, his own sense of individuality and sticking to his London roots whilst also realising that he wants to make sure that he sells as many records as possible. Yeah, exactly. So therefore, we're going to go, yeah, exactly. so, bring it, let's, let's yeah. bring in the influences. I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine to do that. I can, I can, I can do both. I can yeah. walk that line. I can, I can do these things. Yeah. Um, and very well as well. And lyrically and musically, yeah. it, it does... It's uh, this is album several times, and and whilst I'm not kind of blown away by it, and not thinking, yeah, this is a must-own out al rap album or else, it's a really just has yeah, it. I mean, it, it is that plus thing where we go. Sometimes we say solid, and we mean, yeah, but it is it's solid in a in, in a good way. It's a genuinely yeah. Again, back to Milano, goes on a bit. No, it's alright with me. No, I'm okay um, with this one. Um, but, and gets, um, Zolly gets more poppy as the album goes on. Yes, it does. Which is quite funny. Yeah. 
literally the second half of the album just get just there's literally a, there's a big kind of pop up swing where it's, it's almost like most of the kind of uh, collabs on the second half of the album <laughs> and it just does like and it get, it built almost builds up to the Mabel thing at the, yeah. in, in the end which is like yeah which is pretty much led by her rather than him yeah um but yeah it's yeah I, I quite I quite enjoyed it it was it was, it was uh pleasurable <laughs> um, move on. No we move on to uh, Jane Weaver uh, flock um, seriously though we are doing these in the order oh, there you oh, go. we've never done this before so Miss Weaver is an artist who as we were just discussing wow. uh, very recently uh, has been played many times in a certain local craft beer establishment that we've just frequented would that be uh, part fever that would be part fever our new sponsor. Our new sponsor, yes. <laughs> Just, uh, I'd prefer Pot Fever, Staplehurst Road, Hither Green, SE13, purveyors of finest craft beer. Yeah, anyway. Apparently, Miss Weaver's from, Bur from Birmingham, which is where the, uh, the resident server of beers from this certain establishment is also from. Um, and she's released a couple of albums beforehand. This is her latest album, and it, it's, um, yeah. This is, this is this is what for me this was one of the more interesting albums we listen listened to in this podcast because I had heard because I had heard some of the stuff before. Before, uh, kind of, I was th I was thinking of how it pan out, but I was thinking if you hadn't heard it before, it does starts almost like it's a compilation album in the fact the musical styles and influences across the tracks are just kind of very different so it starts off then I mean, the opening track um is it heart low mm -hmm. reminded me a lot of lush remember mm. lush from the 80s early 90s yeah, I remember lush from the 90s yeah. Remind me of my, my uni days because it's very, yeah. it's very ethereal like, yeah. indie, indie rock thing going yeah. on. And you're thinking, all right. So you're thinking, if you'd come into this album without having any knowledge of the you'd go, oh, okay, this is where we're going. But then you go into the next track, and then which is the revolution of subvisions, and you're suddenly thinking, okay, now we've got Kate Bush doing St. Vincent. You know what's going on here, and then the next track, which is the third one, you're suddenly in a golf rap kind of seventies glam rock revisiting thing. Are you thinking, okay, sorry, what is this album about? Who is this? What is this artist about? Um, and for me, I love that kind of stuff. I love when they just go, you know what? I'm not going to just going to do one kind of thing. I'm just going to go. It's a kind of pop album, but I'm just going to draw from here, 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 here. So on the fourth track, it's reminded me heavily of Stereo Lab. In fact, I've got to be listening to Stereo Lab again this this this, this, this week. And there's a track that sounds like Jethro Tull, and uh, with a bit of Sandman's Orchestra, an album we reviewed about seven years ago. Um, and then there's bits of like the Bundu Boys. You just get this kind of kind of African kind of guitar going on on the track. Uh, I think it's Sunset Dream. Uh, all building up to Solarized at the end, which is just perfect pop. Perfect. Um, 
I really like this album. Really, really, really like this album. It just, it's just like, it's a really great pop record that just kind of goes, we're going to write some pop songs and then we're just going to go, pick an influence here, pick an there, pick an there, pick there, and then we're just going to choose that, that particular track and go with it and it'll all work. And it doesn't all work, but it mostly works. Like I thought, yeah. Yeah. Tick. I, I feel like I've been schooled. And, and, and I'll be honest, again, this is the second review of the podcast where my original notes have just binned. Because <laughs> you shouldn't review anything the first time you listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and clearly that was the same day. Um, I mean, it is mature pop beats. Um, it moves along at a pretty good pace. Uh, my second line of my notes here actually says, um, at times, almost gold frappian. There you go. My new adjective. Yeah. Um, in style. I mean, stages of phases and locks being the, the two yes. tracks that I picked out there. But at other times, less so as well. It sort of goes off into its own psychedelia area. It does its own thing. Um, and in particular, like, Hartlow was one that I pulled out. I've not heard the name Lush in years, so that's, that's brilliant. Um, the other for me was uh, the revolution of the supervisions. Yeah, um, that's the one I played to my daughter. She goes, "Oh, this is brilliant! This, what's this?" Which is great because um, she's young and knows nothing about me. Should play some something exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, so um, certain last not the the previous one. This this exactly this education web show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, this is it. No, this is brilliant. Um, so yeah, this has gone way up in my estimations as an album for sure. Good on your daughter. No, it's not her that's wrong yet. That way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next, uh, staying with uh, singer-songwriter ladies, Julian Baker. Julian Baker. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> we've never done this before. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the order of my notes? I did. Uh, you know what? I swapped the order earlier on as well. So did you? So this wasn't the order that, that I was originally going to do them in. So I've actually, I've actually swapped the order earlier on. Christ! I mean, we never do this, but I'm, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm just excited to be here. <laughs> so I go to you and I, I, I go to you with, with, with a. I mean, we we've reviewed uh, last year. We reviewed the Phoebe Bridges album, and she's in a kind of super group type of thing with Phoebe Bridges and and another person. Oh yeah, but. This is a, uh, yeah, think again, I think this might be a third, so I must have written, I did, I did write this down, I don't know. If, Let's say third. I've written it down, but then not written it down. Um, and this is the kind of record by somebody, that if, if, if I was describing this record to people, most people would go, oh, it's a very Scott album, that. so therefore I'm giving it to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Without saying whether it is a Scott album or not. So, Little Oblivions by Julian Baker has great writing and starts very... I mean, it has a piano-based collection of mature pop songs all the way through. And if you know Scott, you'll think this is very much a Scott album, which is exactly what I thought when I listened to it. Oh, yes, I know this album. It's a Scott album. Um... Again, in my original notes, um, we really should leave an interval between podcasts because cl clearly I review them twice. Um, I, I thought it was a little bit, a little bit bland. Mm. Uh, I'm going to stick with that actually. It, it is a little bit middle of the road for me personally. That said, 
the second half of the album was much better. Hmm. I was much more engaged by the time I got to the second half of the album. First half of the album was again washed over me. Um, and I was very much reminded of the, the sort of quieter songs um, by the likes of, um, getting back to the 90s, the likes of PJ Harvey, um, Garbage. There was a moment in here, there's a couple of songs on that, particularly, and it's not, 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 I'm not saying it's not typical garbage. Yeah. So if you're not a gar- if you're a garbage fan, you would expect garbage loud. No, not at all. And that sort of quieter moments, I thought, again, maybe it was something in the vocals or the, the soundscape, the production or something that, that just reminded me of that. Um, so I particularly liked, and I say the second half, I'm sort of more sort of, sort of middle third with um, Faith Healer, Crying Wolf, um, Bloodshot. Yeah, Faith Healer is really good. Song. Yeah, Faith Healer is a really good song. Uh, Favour as well. Um, so, so yeah, so for most of the second half of the album, I suddenly really engaged again. Um, and this was on the second lesson. Uh, and then again, towards the, the last two or three tracks, I just sort of tailed out. I, again, tapped out. I mean, li- li- lyrically, I think it's very, it's, yeah. it's very strong and yes, yeah, very not quite depressing in a lot of ways. Yes, because the one, the one, the one, one thing, the one thing, the one thing that she has done, and I think I think this is the third album. One thing she has done on all her albums is her lyrics are are genuinely her life. Um, and bizarrely, there's a link here to the the first album, the the, the Demi Lovato album, because similarly, um, while she did, while she didn't have a drug overdose, she's also had problems with alcohol, and she gave up alcohol, and then relapsed, but long before making this album, and then back off the album. So, so that's all reflected in this in this kind of kind of um, um, record. And so, so and and, and yeah, with me, from the, the the opening lines of the the first song are blacked out on a weekday, still something I'm trying to avoid. Start asking forgiveness in advance for all the future things I will destroy. And it's like those lines, just just from those lines, I was going. Things have gone, um, and it's oh we had it went oh we lost a bit oh no oh interesting podcast died podcast just left for the first time I think time we're it, still here there's many things that have happened in our podcast over the years it's the first time we've had a break though but actually we just then. My laptop just momentarily went to sleep uh-huh. and actually cut out clearly the most important bit I'd said. You were mid-sentence. But I don't know what I said because I don't know where it's cut out. So therefore... Carry on. That bit where I went, the bit you just missed. Oh my God, the bit you missed there. That's what turned us both around on that. Yeah. For sure. And that's when Julian said, we're never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on <laughs> to our final record thank you everyone says yes uh, Floating Points Ferris Sanders and the London Symphony Orchestra yes uh, it is the London Symphony Orchestra yes right right um, briefing that we cover pretty much any musical genre <laughs> humanly possible in one podcast um, 
this is a very very interesting um, one track nine movement instrumental piece which brings together um, as I'm sure some people will know British electronic music producer a DJ and musician Sam Floating Point Shepherd sax jazz legend Pharaoh Sanders and although they're mostly hidden for the first part of this uh, uh, record the London Symphony Orchestra mm. um, so Basically what's going on here is Shepard provides the kind of backbone to this piece uh, with a musical leitmotif that repeats roughly every 10 seconds across the entire 40 minutes of the record. Although it does bizarrely fall away just towards the end of movements 8 and 8. eight, eight. Yeah. Um, and then Sanders is playing sax across and within um, what's going on and then the LSE eventually adds some kind of warmth and colour to the thing um, and for me when the album really comes alive is actually when the LSO comes in which is on movement six which is when it becomes um, very much classical feeling and more, more dare I say film soundtracky um, and it just you know it's almost almost like it's almost like the it, the the piece builds up to movement six as a crescendo and then falls off. Um, and here's the thing: it's like to your average punter, or indeed perhaps to your average podcast fellow person, um, this is probably going to be incredibly boring and tedious. Um, um, but I think this is more to do with how it's listened to rather than what's being performed um, for me I found you can't listen to this with stuff going on you can't I tried I tried listening to it while I was doing, doing, doing work and I had it on it literally has background music and it became literally background music so it got to the end of the album listen, I literally listened to the album, this album two times and Apart from the repeated leitmotif, uh, couldn't have told you anything about it at all. Um, going on, oh, there's, there's thing, there's a thing that goes on, and there's the jazz bit, and there's that. Mm -hmm. And then I sat down on Monday night. Everyone went to bed. Put my headphones on. I listened to this record straight through and suddenly it, it genuinely would know things around me it came alive it genuinely came alive um, I suddenly kind of got it and I was taken away and, and fell into the music almost uh, and kind of relaxed into relaxed into it and I can go ah again so there are another album that's been very well reviewed and, I was, and initially I was thinking are these people listening to the same record? And you're thinking clearly not. But then when I was on my own with just my headphones so you could actually hear all the intricate sounds going on and there's little bits of light <laughs> yeah. and things going on in the backgrounds of that and they're thinking actually no I'm, I, am, I am kind of with this. I still think it's it is a bit repetitive, even within that 
um, listening environment. But within that listening environment, it's a good record. Outside of that listening environment, it's meh. And most people aren't going to listen to it in that environment. So therefore, for most people, outside of the critical world that have gone, this is great. Most people are going to go, this is shit. I, uh, this was the last record, obviously, I listened to because I made yeah. that point several times. Yeah, because I've yeah, um, done them in the order you listen to me. It's always very difficult to review an album like this. No, we, no, we've not had that many in the times we've been doing the podcast. We've had the occasional soundtrack to this or Trent Reznor instrumental to that or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, this is in effect one track. Yes, broken into a series and literally broken into yeah literally one track broken into a series of movements a very long and single track with um, a basic riff as you say that, that keeps repeating every few seconds um, always in the same key as well so there's yeah. no there's no major shift in key which would mean normally with a soundtrack there's no major shift in mood because no. It's just the same. It's it just, has it has a tedium to it. A tedium, but I almost mean that in a good way because that sort of repetitiveness here works positively. Um, but as you say, almost different colour comes in via the sax riffs and the jams there, via the orchestral accompaniments, and the. I think there was the one vocal, maybe the very occasional vocal. Oh, yes, it's yes, the, yes it's, 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 the, it's the it's sax man who yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's movement four. Yeah. When I, so so for the first, to be honest, the first two movements sort of went by, and I was just like, oh, I, are we on track three yet? <laughs> so, like, you know, um, it was movement four when I started to sort of really engage. I was like, oh, I, oh, I, I get it. Okay, this is where what this is what we're doing. Um, and the, the album also moves at a very similar tempo. So so not only is the, the key the same, the riff is the same, the tempo seems to be the same, but what's quite inventive is that there's an underlying shift, particularly around movement five into movement six, where it's not so much a shift in tempo because it doesn't really get quicker, but obviously the orchestra comes in in yeah. movement six and that completely changes the characteristic of where where it's going. Just the sax, because obviously the sax the is sax is sax sax disappears at that the sax yeah. disappears at that point. Yeah. The, the, the six, the six is literally just the orchestra, yeah. the strings, everything yeah. just going. So, yeah, so prior to, I should say, prior to six, you have the sax built to crescendo. You have a lot more of a sonic sounds in there as well. Um, and then the core orchestra really comes through. Then it sort of goes, I guess it goes a bit of quieter again. And then in movement eight, you get the organ which comes through that sort of pipe organ sound and then abruptly it ends it, it just stops but it doesn't stop because they, 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 yeah, exactly they, then goes quiet you think it's ended you, you generally think, think it's, it's over finished. That's it, it's, it's like quiet for about 12 seconds oh, or maybe longer ages. isn't it yeah. it's almost a minute feels longer um, and then it just creeps back time. up again and then it sort of comes and then but when it comes back at the final movement it's just it's just mainly the orchestra sort of sort of coming back through which uh, it, it then a sort of break with everything that's come before almost in terms of the theme and so in terms of the movement of it 
Um, so that makes it really interesting. So all of all of that said, <laughs> it's quite an interesting. It's quite dull and tedious. It's, yeah. quite, it's quite dull and tedious, <laughs> but actually very interesting record because uh, it, it it does all of that um, in in forty five forty seven minutes, um, and and if you have the time, it's worth a listen. But you might want to listen to AJ Tracy instead. If you go and listen to it seriously, you, it needs to be. You need you need to you need to be in a room on your own with yeah. really good speakers, really good amp, or really good really good cans. Yeah, really good can, really good cans on your head, yeah. and just make sure no one else in the room with you. Yeah, and just if you do that, and you listen to it and you hate it, that's fine. But yeah. the only way you're really going to get the value out of this album is it's not casual. Is that no. It probably would be probably good. No, it would probably be a good live experience. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so, are you going for AJS your album of the? Oh uh, my god, goodness! Um, I really struggled, uh, as you've probably gathered. I really struggled this time. Um, as excited and as exciting as it is to be back together, um, picking an album this month has been hard. Uh, I'm gonna. I, 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 I have changed my mind since mo this morning. I've changed my mind a few times. Go yeah. on. I'm gonna change my mind. Yeah. I'm probably going to go upbeat and poppy and go for Jane Weaver. Joe, that's probably where I land as well. Yeah. Okay, you heard it here first. So we did end up agreeing. <laughs> After all that, yes. Yeah. See you next time. Yeah.